0: Hello, everybody. I'm Brian Clinton, editor and columnist for the Heartland College Sports website, and today we're excited to welcome you to the Portal Podcast, the newest addition to the Heartland College Sports Podcast Network. Here, we will bring you the latest transfer portal, NIL, and recruiting news from across the nation. Thank you for joining us. We have a lot to get into today, so let's just jump right into this. Today, we mourn the TCU Horn Frogs. TCU was the latest. Casualty at the hands of Georgia, losing 65 7 in the national championship game. It's the biggest route in a national championship game in BCS and college football playoff history. Stetson Bennett, in his final game as a Georgia Bulldog, went 18 25 for 304 and four touchdowns through the air. He also had three rushing attempts, two of which were scores. That's just the kind of night it was for the Bulldogs. And when you look at teams like Georgia, who have built themselves on recruiting classes that rank top five every single year. It's hard to imagine that anybody that doesn't stack classes like that is going to be able to break through that glass ceiling and actually win a national championship. We thought that TCU was going to get a chance at this last night, but it really ended up showing us how far teams like TCU have to go just to compete with teams like Georgia. Michigan arguably threw their game away against TCU by throwing a couple of pick sixes and letting TCU build a lead and having to fight back in that. And, and TCU was able to capitalize on the mistakes that, that Michigan made. Georgia didn't make mistakes last night. They played nearly a perfect game. Offensively, Todd Munkin was incredible. Kirby Smart's defense just continues to be a steel curtain of sorts. And we really just saw TCU repeatedly banging its head against the door and and trying to get in, and Georgia slamming said door shut. Uh, the Bulldogs are the first back-to-back national champions since 2011 and 2012 Alabama. Uh, and Alabama is the only team that they rank behind currently in recruiting as they have the second-ranked recruiting class in 2023. They have had top five recruiting classes for the past five years. This is a team that has been elite recruiting under Kirby Smart and they will continue to be elite as they move on and that's why this is just kind of bad news for for the rest of college football not just TCU. George is going to continue to be what we saw last night. There is a torch being passed. We saw Nick Saban on the on the panel last night. He is it feels as if he's passing the torch to Kirby Smart, a former assistant of his as to being the leader of college football's greatest dynasty. It does feel like Georgia is starting to take that over, and it's built on incredible recruiting classes year in and year out. But it's not all bad news for TCU. Yes, last night's game was incredibly embarrassing. It was not the outing that TCU fans were hoping for. But you have talent coming in. You've got guys that can take you to the next level coming in. You've hit the transfer portals very successfully. You rank fifth in the country in portal rankings at the moment. You're 18th in recruiting for the 2023 class. You're doing well. You are starting to close that gap. And it starts with players like Trey Sanders. You get a five former five-star running back out of Alabama to, to come and play for the Horned Frogs next season. You lose Kendra Miller. You lose Amari Dimarcado. You pick up Trey Sanders. That's the kind of plug-and-play Athletes that you need to have to be successful. Tommy Brockermeyer, another five, former five-star guy out of Alabama. is coming back to Fort Worth where he played high school football to play for the Horned Frogs next season. Huge addition for them there. They also picked up several other four stars from the SEC, including Jack Beck, a wide receiver out of LSU. Jojo Earl, another wide receiver. This, this one out of Alabama and then a four-star corner out of um, Florida, rather Avery Helm. So good pickups for the, for the Horn Frogs. Definitely players that will be immediate impact players for the Horned Frogs in, going into next season, and, and teams like TCU who have less talent already in their reserves need to start hitting the portal like this, and Sunny Dykes has done a really good job in year one uh, keeping guys from hitting the portal for the most part and bringing in high high-end talent to replace the guys that are outgoing. TCU did lose one player to the transfer portal after the loss. Former four-star quarterback Sam Jackson's hit the portal. Uh, He was a member of the 2021 recruiting class. But the good news is is TCU will return Chandler Morris, who Sonny Dykes originally picked for the starting job before Max Duggan took over when Morris was hurt. So there is good news at quarterback. TCU is going to be just fine offensively under Sonny Dykes and Garrett Riley. I think that you're going to really start seeing that team push to be uh, more and more successful along along the way and and continue to be a team that, that pushes for Big 12 championships moving forward. A team that may struggle to push for Big 12 championships in the immediate future, just based off of recent history here, in the last few weeks, we've seen Oklahoma State really start to catch fire and not in a good way. Uh, there are Plenty of folks around the program in Stillwater that are not particularly happy with the direction of things under Mike Gundy. Mike Gundy, at this certain point in time, he refuses to change and adapt and in an NIL world. I'm not saying that Stillwater needs to start focusing more uh, towards putting NIL opportunities together so that Mike Gundy can pay players to come and play for Oklahoma State, but I am saying that they need to make it more of a priority than it currently is. Right now. You're seeing Oklahoma State lose impact players from all over the field to other programs, not necessarily just for NIL opportunities. There's more going on there, in my opinion, but we are seeing lots of guys leave, particularly guys that have been big-time players for Oklahoma State. There are currently 16 scholarship players in the transfer portal that played for Oklahoma State last season. Bryson Green was a starter. John Paul Richardson was a starter. Mason Cobb was the leading tackler on the team and starting uh, starting linebacker. Jabbar Muhammad's a starting cornerback. Dominique Richardson's a starting running back. Trace Ford, starting defensive end. Thomas Harper, starting cornerback. These are guys that made plays for Oklahoma State all season long, and that goes without even mentioning – Spencer Sanders, the quarterback who started in Stillwater for the last four years. What are we? What are we doing? What's happening? I, 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 you know, I know that there are issues going on within the program as far as the offensive coordinator position goes, and play calling duties maybe wanting to be changed by players or or roles wanting to be changed, as we've seen several wide receivers uh, leave the program. But does that elicit? this type of mass exodus on its own. I don't think so. I think that there might be a little bit of back and forth between the coaching staff and the players as far as, as far as player relations go and NIL opportunities and things of that sort. So when you look at those things, guys like Spencer Sanders, where's he going to land? There's going to be somebody out there. It may not be a Georgia or an Alabama or a Clemson or an Ohio state, but somebody will pick up Spencer Sanders, somebody that may or may not have conference title hopes going into next season. Look at maybe a team like Penn State. Penn State has a guy in Sean Clifford outgoing that has been a starter there for several years. Maybe they're comfortable with getting somebody that's experienced, and and Spencer Sanders is certainly that. He's had plenty of college football under his belt to be considered one of the more experienced players in the, in the portal. And he's fresh off of a 2021 season where he was the offensive player of the year in the big 12. So we're, we're talking about somebody that that's got experience has been successful. Penn state might be a landing spot. Does he land with Hugh freeze in Auburn? There's been some rumors and speculations that that might be where he ends up uh, based off of some things on Twitter. We, we don't really know particularly, but it has been rumored that he, was thinking about coming back to Stillwater, and that and that never ended up being an option for him. Once, it, once he said that he wanted to come back. That's not confirmed, but these are things that we're hearing through through Twitter spaces, through families of players. And while players' families can be a little scorned or or maybe harsh towards what's going on because they're they're upset with how things are going, the general feeling around the program at Oklahoma State is not good, and that's resulted in a huge exit of players uh, and something that this team is going to frankly struggle to replace in, in one season. So uh, they do move on from Spencer Sanders and they land Alan Bowman in the transfer portal. Who's making his return to the big 12 after being with Michigan for a couple of years. Uh, he clean he played in, at Michigan in a couple of uh, non not important parts of the game, but he he was able to uh, get back into the Big 12, and he spent three seasons with Texas Tech in Lubbock and threw for over 5,000 yards and 33 touchdowns in those three three seasons. So it is a really good pickup for Oklahoma State to bring him back in. I think that that's going to be something that they can hang their hat on as far as uh, a piece to build around moving forward. Uh, they also grabbed Leon Johnson out of the transfer portal. He's from a Division three school up in Oregon and was very successful there. I think that uh, having a 6'5 target that Alan Bowman can start building some rapport with will be big for Oklahoma State going into next year. But the the big one is is Alan Bowman, uh, former quarterback for Texas Tech. Speaking of Texas Tech, the Red Raiders just lost Emmett Jones, their wide receivers coach, one of their best offensive – assistance uh, to the University of Oklahoma who really needed somebody to step in and stabilize that position group after Kale Gundy was fired before the season started there were lots of rumors and speculation that there was going to be a hu- just just huge impact on their on their recruiting class and and they were going to lose some players through the portal and things like that well, Damian Washington was able to step in and do a really good job of stabilizing the position group for the time being. But in the end, Oklahoma felt that it needed to go a different direction for the full-time job. So they they go out, they get Emmett Jones. It's a huge get for the Sooners. He's one of the best recruiters in the Dallas-Fort Worth area. He knows high school coaches. He's been a part of high school programs around the area in the past. He knows Texas as well as anybody does and is one of the better offensive recruiters, out there for the state of Texas. So huge get for the Sooners. Pretty big loss for Texas Tech, but I'm sure that they will find somebody uh, to replace him pretty quickly under Joey McGuire, who has Texas Tech rolling, quite frankly. Uh, the Sooners are bo- bolstering their defensive side of, their, of the ball this week. They've already landed a couple of defensive linemen uh, to, to speak of. You've got Devon Sears out of Texas State, a 6'3", 290-pound defensive tackle, and and somebody that's put on put some really good things on tape and somebody that you kind of expect to step right into the Oklahoma defensive line and, and make an impact. So I, I am excited for the Sooners to see how, how he can impact uh, the, the front seven for Oklahoma. But the big one this weekend was Rondell Bothroyd. He's a, he's a four-star transfer out of Wake Forest an all say ACC type player, somebody that has spent the last five seasons in um, in the West, in the Wake Forest program, and somebody that has definitely got the juice to be a difference maker in Brent Venables' system going into next season. And then you add that, add that Desan McCullough out of Indiana, who was a the, one of the more highly rated players in the transfer portal and one of the best freshmen, a freshman All American at Indiana this last season. So the Sooners are are really starting to bolster things along the defensive front. And then today, just today, just minutes ago, Andre L. Anthony, a wide receiver out of Michigan, uh, commits to the Oklahoma Sooners and finds his landing spot for the next couple of years at least. Anthony is a guy that has supreme talent, but just did not find the opportunities that he wanted to in the Michigan offense. So Oklahoma goes out and lands him. It's a big, it's a big get for the Sooners, for Jeff Levy. Uh, it's going to be another really good target for – Dylan Gabriel who's going to have to get over losing Marvin Mims an all big 12 wide receiver who's declared for the 2023 draft so big big stuff for Oklahoma moving forward the there is one big negative in the transfer portal for the Sooners this week David Aguebu, who started 13 games for Oklahoma in 2022 decided that he wants to take his talents elsewhere he had 110 tackles including seven and a half tackles for loss and two sacks in 2022 he ranked fourth among big 12 defenders and tackles per game. So the Sooners are going to have a hard time replacing him. I do like who the Sooners have at linebacker. They've got a couple of young guys in Jaron Canick and Kip Lewis who are ready to contribute now. And I do think that Guaybu leaving gives them an opportunity to show what they've got going into next season. But it's not necessarily a good thing whenever you lose somebody with that much experience and that much progress and, and that much production uh, whenever you just came off a six and seven season. So, not ideal for the Sooners to lose him, but he is uh, able to go out and get uh, another opportunity elsewhere. It sounds like Houston and, and Miami are the teams to beat for him at the moment. But uh, the Sooners, the Sooners will rebound. They have a lot of depth at, at linebacker, a lot of young depth, so it, it should be fun to see uh, where the Sooners go from there. Speaking of Oklahoma, there's a couple of All American standouts at the games this last uh, this last weekend, the Under Armour All American Game. And then a formerly known Army All American Game, were were played, and there were there were practices all week where they bring the best recruits from around the country in and, and uh, let them practice one on ones and do drills and things of that sort. And the Sooners had a couple of standouts: Jackson Arnold and PJ Adebore were both at the Under Armour All American Game, and both both players drew rave reviews. Jackson Arnold is making his case to be the top quarterback in the 2023 class. So for him to go out and play as well as he did in the game, despite the loss for, for his side, it was it was a good look for the Sooners. And then P.J. Adebore is a guy that's, that's showing this elite combination of speed, length, and size. He's going to be a big-time addition for Oklahoma. Going into next year, a guy that Oklahoma missed out on, David Hicks, was probably the most impressive guy at the Under Armour All American Game. He was practically yeah. unblockable in the defensive interior, and those are the kind of guys that that teams like TCU and Oklahoma need to start landing if they if they want to get into a discussion uh, like with teams with Georgia's talent, with Ohio State's talent, with Alabama's talent. Uh, David Hicks is a guy that that'll help you get there. He lands at Texas A&M, who has been really, really good at recruiting defensive linemen. Unfortunately, they don't stick around for more than a season after they collect the bag. So we'll talk more about that in a second. But that is where uh, Texas A&M is at with David Hicks. They they have a really good player there. Zachariah Branch was probably one of the better offensive skill players that, that I saw this weekend. He's headed to USC to play for Lincoln Riley. He had a 90-plus yard return for a touchdown on a, on a punt return. It was, he's an an incredible player, somebody that's twitchy, very, very fluid athlete, somebody that uh, Lincoln Riley is definitely going to use to its fullest extent. He should be an absolutely explosive player for the Trojans, uh, especially whenever you combine him with Caleb Williams coming back after winning the Heisman this last season should be really, really good offense there in, in Los Angeles. On the other side, the the formerly known Army All-American game, Dante Moore was probably the most impressive guy for me. He's headed to UCLA. The guy, he's just an incredible quarterback. He's a great athlete. He makes all the throws. He's fluid. He has a certain amount. He's got a certain amount of leadership that you want in a quarterback. He was also able to to connect with – with new wide receivers on a short week and, and and really start building some chemistry with some guys quickly, so you can tell that he is very adaptive, a good quarterback, somebody that stood out to me. Keon Keeley, who is headed to Alabama, is an absolute freak of an athlete six four two hundred and fifty pounds, twitchy, strong, lengthy all everything that you want. there's a reason why he's the top edge guy in the country. Jordan Hall. If you saw the Georgia defensive line last night, Jordan Hall is just the next in line. We saw what Jalen Carter was able to do last night, or Bear Alexander, a freshman for for the Bulldogs. Jordan Hall is just the next guy in line to be that defensive guy on the interior that is absolutely dominant. He was really impressive in the All-American game and pretty much unblockable, and so that's another guy that you need to pay attention to. And then the last guy for me, in this group of games was Jelani McDonald. He's headed to Texas. He played corner in this game, 6'2", 200 pounds. He's a really, really dynamic athlete. He's listed as an athlete. He played quarterback in high school, and I think he's going to end up playing some sort of a hybrid linebacker safety for, for the Longhorns. Really, really good athlete, somebody that you can tell once he gets into a weight room at the college level and starts to really progress his body. He's going to be somebody that could be a difference maker for the Longhorns in the future. And so really, really like what he looked like. And I think that the the Longhorns have a really, really promising future with him. And and speaking of the Longhorns, let's, let's jump into my last segment for the night, Miami, Texas, Texas A&M, Oregon, and UCLA. None of these teams have won a national title, or really even been close to it in the last 10 years. Oregon was close uh, and ended up losing to Ohio State back, I believe, in the first year of the college football playoff. But these teams have been just not at the same level as as some of the other uh, contenders at the top. However, they are starting to become destinations for top-tier talent because of name, image, and likeness. How many big names have you seen head to Coral Gables or College Station or Eugene that wouldn't have been there in in the first place? I don't think it's a coincidence that we're starting to see schools like this really make pushes for top-end talent. Texas has always been really, really good at recruiting, but some of the classes that they've pulled in in the last two years, the, the classes they pulled in the last two years have been really impressive. Now, their recruiters are excellent, don't get me wrong. But it also helps whenever you've got oil money and you've got guys that have been big boosters for these schools now who can legally go out and pay for players to to end up playing for their schools and putting their school's colors on. Look at Phil Knight at Oregon. I think it kind of helps that you have a multi-billionaire who is an alum of Oregon, uh, owns Nike and and. He, he's really, really hungry to see the Ducks win a national championship. It's not a coincidence that the ducks are number nine in this year's recruiting classes and, and have pulled in several big names in, in recruiting. But it's not just recruiting. It's also in the transfer portal, UCLA. What has UCLA done in the last couple of years? I know they beat USC pretty badly uh, last year, but this past season, you know, they were they were a contender for a little while, but we, we saw UCLA. <clears throat> become the number one destination for transfers. And according to ON3, they're the number one ranked transfer destination right now. They've got guys from all over the country come to play at UCLA. This is not a coincidence. And it's a problem. It, it is a problem. I do think that it will level out at some point. I don't think that we're going to see NIL continue to be the impact that it has been. But for the time being, we are seeing these places become... Mega teams, if you will, as far as recruiting goes, you're landing five star guys that you would rather or that you wouldn't have landed uh, if you didn't have the NIL opportunities that you're that you're offering. So um, it it eventually will fizzle out. Top talent does not in just does not mean immediate success. That it doesn't work that way. Just look at look at Texas A&M for example. They had the best recruiting class <clears throat> that money could buy in history last year. Twenty seven. Guys, they lead the country. Twenty-seven players are in the portal for Texas Stadium right now. They've got all kinds of issues within their program. It's not something that they're going to talk about, you know, openly. But a lot of that has to do with guys coming in, collecting a paycheck, and then leaving. That's just that's what happened. So um, we, we've got a lot more to talk about as the as the off progresses. But right now, that's going to do it for us here. Thank you guys for joining us. We really appreciate you guys giving us the chance. I'm Brian Clinton, and we will catch you next time out here in the portal.